We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Maverick. I'm Kirk Henderson, and this is Josh Bowe. For those of you who are watching on our YouTube stream, we thank you very much for subscribing to the page. For those of you who are still listening to the audio show, I would really love for you to check the show notes and go subscribe to that because that is the best, one of the various ways you can help support our show. Uh, before we kind of get into what happened tonight, we wanted to make a little bit of an announcement that Josh Bow and I officially joined the Blue Wire Network today. Now, what does that mean for you? Next to nothing. However, many of you have reached out over the past several months and asked how you can support our show. One of the ways you can support our show, and this is going to make some of you laugh, is actually listening to the ads. Uh, <laughs> that helps us a great deal. We don't want to go to a subscription model because that sounds kind of nightmarish, but listening to the ads, the 15, 20 second ads, very, very much helps us. Josh, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, kind of, you know, I think we both are a little energized. We had our call with Blue Wire earlier today, not to get too in the weeds, but it's kind of fun to be with a new place. And we've got some new tech. Um, we've got some more support than we've ever had. So it's feeling less and less kind of like a little rinky dink operation that we're just kind of pulling with strings and it's stuck together with tape and glue. And we've actually got like, you know, we've got some production value a little bit, a little bit more than we used to. That's you, right. Well, if you're That's watching right. this and on for YouTube, the... you can see some fancy graphics that Kirk put together with help of our staffer Matt. Like, there's there's stuff happening, which is right. And and it's very funny because people have been kicking you and me to do this for like a year and a half, and we just didn't want to. Um, and there's nothing like like being forced into doing something to help make it fun uh at least for uh you know an endeavor that we do in our, our spare time because now that i'm in you know some of the youtube stuff i'm having a great time it's ridiculous uh i i need to be doing more of my regular work but we'll figure that out later so for those of you who didn't watch the game the dallas mavericks fell to the philadelphia 76ers 116 to 108 on the road on the early espn game and it was just the epitome of a classic Dallas Mavericks post Kyrie Irving trade loss. Uh, they did everything right for about 30. What do you want to say? Like th maybe 42 minutes of the game. 
and then they just kind of fell apart at the end. Yeah, this was this was like a normal game. <laughs> like this wasn't the Charlotte game. Like this wasn't one of those games where we were like, "What's going on? Like, where's their effort? Why aren't they like into this game? What's going on with Luke? Like, it would like they've kind of rebounded a bit since these two Charlotte games. And and, mm-hmm. and while it's not great to lose a game, and we're way past moral victories. Like this is a really bad this is a really bad loss for them uh, because I believe the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder just made a tip in at the buzzer to win um so the thunder are now one game up on the mavericks for that final play in spot so uh again like this the loss is bad like patting them on the back for being like hey you showed up and you you stayed in front of your guy for a couple of you know a couple of possessions instead of just letting the team uh waltz to the free throw line or waltz to the rim um so like again it was it was it was better in the sense that like the team doesn't seem like it's quit uh, on the season, like we thought they did after those two Hornets games, but it's still a, a pretty bad loss at a double digit lead uh, in, in the first half. And then they just kind of let it slowly wilt away. And it's, you know, it's the same issues. The Mavericks didn't have a gigantic three point advantage. So they lost. And I know it's tough to boil down a basketball game to something like that, but that's kind of who these Mavericks are. Well, and heading into the fourth quarter, I don't have the the numbers from, but I did look at the percentage. Heading into the fourth quarter, the Mavericks were roughly shooting 50% from three, like 48% on <laughs> yeah. threes. Uh, and then by the end of the game, they shot 39%. Now, for those of you who may not kind of know what I'm referencing here, I, I did the math and following the the Kyrie Irving trade, the Dallas and, and I got to go find this this because uh, I tweeted this out, which is you know not not the best way to use. Um, so the, since trading for Kyrie Irving, the Mavericks are eight and thirteen now, eight and fourteen. Uh, prior, but prior to tonight, the Mavericks in those wins, the Mavericks were hitting forty seven point nine percent of their threes and connecting mm-hmm. on nineteen makes. So roughly, that's what is that fifty seven points from three in wins. And in the losses, the Mavericks are only shooting 35.2% from three-point range and making just under 15. So that would be 45 points from three, a 12-point difference. A lot of people pointed out to me, well, what that's really showing is just how awful their defense is, which is correct. Like, we knew that. But going into this, you just look at at kind of the difference in the game, and that is one of the things that, that, you know, their shooting cooled off just enough. Now, the Sixers shot... 40 you know they they hit 17 of 36 from downtown and that really kept them in the game just so as mm-hmm. Dallas was Dallas really threw some haymakers in this game like we were pretty sure that the Mavericks were were going to um we were pretty sure that the Mavericks were going to win this game uh it really just felt like that because PJ Tucker is probably the Sixers best point of attack defender and he really wasn't spending any time on Luka or Kyrie and it was like the Sixers more or less decided to seed those guys points and then guard everyone else and though Tim Hardaway got hot for a time when you look at the box score every single other player on the roster scored in single digits and so that's the game <laughs> yeah. plan and that's how you beat the Mavericks yeah and you know the Ma- you know I felt confident because we just saw the Mavericks a couple of weeks ago before they went on this big skid beat the Sixers at home and it was kind of this it was kind of following that same script a little bit. I mean they just weirdly enough they match up well against the Sixers because they can play five out basketball and Joel Embiid does not like doing that. Um mm. got to the point where Embiid was guarding Reggie Bullock in the fourth quarter because they would just run that Luka or Kyrie Maxi pick and roll and and McGee and uh, sorry, not McGee. Um, 
Embiid is just dropping back and the Mavericks kind of pick him apart that way. And it's just kind of funny considering the Sixers on this season are top 10 defense. And just like you look at the numbers and you're like, this, this should be a wash in Philly's favor. And we're two games now and it's, you know, they've barely hung on to win this game and the Mavericks won the other game. So I, I was feeling pretty confident at halftime, but yeah, the shots dried up. Um, the Sixers made shots. That's one another thing since Kyrie's been here. Uh, and teams are averaging like 10 made threes a game against the Mavericks mm-hmm. since Kyrie debuted and shooting like 32%. Uh, Sixers did not do that. They were bound. And that's just, you know, we've talked about it before that three-point shooting, the percentage-wise, not the attempts, is, is it's so much about variance. And there's not much you can do there sometimes. You can do a lot to limit the attempts, but in terms of how teams are actually shooting when they shoot, uh, that's pretty tough. And that kind of came back to bite, uh, to bite them in this game. But yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, Bullock was one of eight from three, and it's like seven of those eight were like wide open, no, no doubter, like need to knock those down. Uh, Maxi was one of four, and that's mm-hmm. and and those guys only shoot open threes, right? So those guys combined to shoot two of twelve from three in an eight point game. Kind of it. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to give so for for people who are watching on video, I wanted to show sort of a visualization of the Mavericks and how they controlled most of yeah. this game, and they really didn't lose the game until about seven minutes left, and then they could do nothing to get back on top. And one of the things that was pointed out to me um, by a friend is that the 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 Mavs closing lineup once again had problems and I went back and forth with our friend Nick Angstadt who said you know this just looks like these guys don't have any chemistry and I responded to him and said well four of the five guys on the floor played on last year's team so I don't really know what you mean by that and he responded back with well people can lose chemistry have you heard of a divorce and I thought that was actually not the worst (laughs) description because I get I get where he's coming from in terms of the fact these guys just don't look like they have it and they, they look like they know it. And when the shots go away, there's just such a visual, like the Sixers weren't rebounding. The Mavs had numerous second chance opportunities tonight. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really something to, to just see what the Mavericks, you know, them slowly collapse. I mean, they, you go through like the baseline stats in terms of what, what's been killing them. They split points in the paint with the Sixers. When's the um, last time that happened? Right. Like, they and against a team with Joel Embiid, and they uh, split points in the paint. Well, the Joel Embiid is almost a side conversation. They only got beat on the boards by three. They got crushed in second chance points. Like, that's that's more or less where the game was lost, 8 to 25. Um, but fast break points, the, the margins where they've been getting the crap kicked out of them, uh, they actually did okay. And, and it's just, it's, it's really surprising uh, with how long they had held on, but I'm just to the point right now where I don't know what's best for this team. I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about how if they were to like tanking is not correct. Like the Mavericks are never going to tank unless they're actually shutting Luca and Kyrie down. That's tanking the Mavericks realistically strategically like losing wouldn't be the worst thing for them we've talked about that is what i'm getting at and you watch this tonight it's like this is why we're kind of bringing that up because they just don't have the juice it's it's very it's very same stuff different day you know what i mean we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and again, we say all that, and they're one game back of 10th, and they're, uh, you know, they're within two games of the loss column of 8th, and it's mm-hmm. like, so that's why it's hard, that's, you can't shut it, you can't shut guys down, like, they're just not going to, like, they're not nope. going to with, with, with that, like, you just can't, like, I mean, getting past, like, the morality aspect of it, like, Mark Cuban's not going to pass up a chance to get playoff, like, like two, at least two games of playoff revenue. Like well, it, that's not how, like that's the not how the business works. Yeah, it's the catch twenty two to where if you don't make the playoffs, Luca's upset. If you do make the playoffs and lose in the first round or lose in the play in, then you potentially are out of an asset, which Luca will also be upset. <laughs> like it's very, yeah. it, it, it's it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, and and that's what's was disappointing. Now. I, I know I'm kind of all over the place tonight because one, we're playing with some new tech and I'm having fun with things looking around. Um, but the second thing is I do 18 free throws for the Mavs compared to 30 for the Sixers was another thing which divided the game. You know, Luka Doncic really kept his mouth shut the whole game. He did a lot of stare downs, but he didn't really, you know, avidly do the demonstrative bitching thing. He got back on defense and he played. And do you know how many free throws he had tonight, Josh? <laughs> He had two. He had two. Um, I I feel like that's kind of a, you know, uni- I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Uh, he's at once making his point as to why he chirps all the time, but it's also, to me, feels like four seasons worth of like, hey, this is, you know, too bad, bub. You're not going to get calls. I don't know. What did you think about the the way the game was called tonight? Yeah, I mean, you know. I hate to talk about refing and we're both guys that don't like to talk about refing. And mm-hmm. I think it's pretty unanimous. Like this isn't just like a Mavericks thing. Like, no, I mean, no, no fan base is ever happy with NBA officiating, but right. this is a point where like I, me and you've been doing this long enough and we've been watching long enough. I can't remember just a general consensus of like, everyone is fed up. Like every yeah. fan base, like media members, People watching the games, it's just, it feels like the officiating is just taking a, a nosedive. And I think it's because the way the game is called now and, and, you know, 
the way that free throws can be, you know, guys can just get like 10 free throws a game. Like there's more free throws being shot than ever before. So naturally when you have a night where some, you know, the whistle doesn't get blown that much, you're going to be like, well, wait, what? Like, I just like these guys, these superstars are averaging 10 free throws a night. Uh, Sometimes they're getting 12, 13 in a game. So then when that doesn't happen, it just, I feel like it stands out even more. We're like, you know, 20 years ago, if you got to 10 free throws a game, it was like, wow, that's, that's a lot. Uh, now 10 just feels kind of like a normal number for a star. So I feel like now that that ceiling has been raised in terms of like what's normal for how many fouls get called in a game and how many free throws get called, it just leads to more people getting pissed off now because now it feels like, well, wait, that was a foul last game. Now it's now not a foul this game. And it feels like the games flow a little bit differently from game to game, depending on the officials. I know more officials' names, I feel like, in this the last two years than I knew when I was like growing up in high school watching these games when I would get way more upset at basketball games. Uh, so it's just, it's weird, uh, you know. And, and this was another game where, it, you know, it just fell into Philly's advantage. And of course, I mean, it's Harden and Joel Embiid. They're like the yeah. two best foul merchants in the game. They're at home. They lost three in a row. They they kind of went to work in terms of like leaning into that. And that's what they yep. did in the fourth quarter. That's kind of how they won. Like anytime the Mavericks had a chance to kind of get back in the game, maybe they couldn't get a stop. Even when they would get a stop, it, it would be like a foul. And when the yes. players were in a foul, Sixers shoot two free throws. And now you're, you were down two. Now you're down eight. And it's like, well, what happened? Like we, right. were, we were playing well. well. Like what happened? And we were getting good stops. We were in position. And it's like, no, you got whistled. That's not necessarily all in the Mavericks, but. I mean, also they are the Mavericks are a team that foul a lot. So they are, and they're a team that fouls a lot because they don't necessarily have the the bigs that can defend. Now, I will say, I feel that the Mavericks bigs did a reasonable job on Joel Embiid tonight. He played thirty three minutes, had twenty five points, had nine boards. So, what qualifies as reasonable? Well, considering this guy's pretty capable of getting the line like 15 times a game yeah. uh, and and really can score from all over the place when he chooses to. I thought their, their funky zone defense, Maxi Kleber also did a pretty good job. Um, but it, it's when Maxi, it, it's Maxi's just kind of to the point in his career where when he's giving effort on defense, he cannot give effort on offense. And that we saw a lot of that tonight. Like they didn't guard him. They didn't guard Maxi, And so when you don't guard Maxi, and you also don't guard Dwight Powell, that leaves, you know, JaVale McGee, who played six hard minutes, you know, got three rebounds and, you know, had a, a, a transition dunk. But they just, it's just another reminder that the Maver- Mavericks don't have options. And I don't know, they're, they're, they, they don't, there's nowhere to go. I uh, there's there's really nowhere to go for for this team in terms of defensive options. I mean, you really only have two bigs like it. There's Embiid and Jokic, so to a degree, it may not matter, but it just sort of stands out in a game like this. I mean, <laughs> Embiid's averaging thirty four and a half points per game this month, so that he got twenty five and he shot under fifty yep. percent from the floor. Got to like, give him credit. That's really good. <laughs> that's really good. They didn't lose this game because they couldn't guard Joel Embiid, which is like the craziest thing in the world they lost this game because george yang and and anthony melton combined to make nine three-pointers off the bench uh it's they kind of let everyone else get loose uh, and again that falls down to they uh can't contain drill penetration it opens mm-hmm. up uh, drive and kick opportunities so it's a shame like when the sixers slowed the game down and tried to kind of pound it with harden and bead 
I felt that was when the Mavericks defense was at their best because I think they appreciate it when the game slows down a little bit when you consider their lack of athleticism. When the bench came in and the ball was popping and you had Maxie and you had Melton that were just kind of really moving the ball and really getting up and down the floor, even if it wasn't a transition opportunity, like those two guys are, are, are lightning bugs. Like that's when I felt like the defense looked the weakest and, and it's kind of weird. You know, you would think looking at Embiid's month that he would score like 50 points in this game. We all made jokes that he was taking the night off against Denver so he could break the scoring record in this game. But it was, <laughs> it's just kind of funny that he just, that they, they were able to contain that very well. I mean, you know, Dwight Powell didn't do much and he had three fouls and only three points, 11 minutes. But I mean, he, he tried, he tried, man. I, I don't know what else to say. He tried, like he was battling yeah. his ass off. He just, they lost the game in other areas, yeah, which really, is more frustrating. You know, they only had 14 turnovers, but some of the Mavericks turnovers were a lot of live when, ball turnovers. Whew, Reggie Bullock and Maxi Cleaver combined for six turnovers. Not good. <laughs> like that in a game no. where that was decided by, by margins, those two having six turnovers is pretty, pretty remarkable. I, I, yeah, it's just, just something to, to yeah. kind of think about now. Those guys had six turnovers combined and they mm. combined to make four shots. It's never a good ratio for the Mavericks. So I got one more thing I want to talk about. That's kind of not, that's related to the Mavericks as a bigger picture. Do you have anything else related to the game? No, no, no. We can go to big picture. So yesterday uh, on the low post, Tim McMahon went on and they talked specifically building upon something that I had mentioned in the last show about Haralabob talking about the Mavericks and their offense. And essentially boils down to this. The Mavericks run, they have run, at least prior to tonight, a total of 37 pick and roll actions with Luca and Kyrie together in either option. 37, that's all. And in the options where Luca is the ball handler, okay, there's only like 25 of those. They are scoring 1.6 points per possession, which as Zach Lowe referred to it, he said the Harlem Globetrotters couldn't do that against the Washington Generals. With Kyrie as the ball handler, only 12 possessions, they're scoring 1.5 points per possession. Now, it's extremely important to understand that this is such a preposterously small sample size that it's really easy to overread into this. But what it does say is that the Mavericks don't use these actions near enough. And we started talking about this tonight on Twitter. Bob Sturm of The Ticket posted a, a question of like, why is there so much my turn, your turn? I asked if he had heard about this, heard that portion of the podcast. He said he did hear Tim McMahon and Lowe and, and Lo talking about that, to which uh, the Athletics' Tim Cato jumped in and said, I asked Kid about this before the game, not directly, but how the coaching staff uses Luca and Kyrie. He had clearly heard what Zach Lowe had said also said one reason why they don't run more of these type sets is because it would make them more tired playing defense, <laughs> which is just fucking preposterous. Sorry. I They're bad at defense. How much, how about we score more if that's the case? Like, I just, that, I hate that excuse. It's it, Because it, it is, it's an excuse. And there's something to the argument, and Lowe and, and McMahon talked about this, whether it's on Luca and Kyrie or the coaching staff, like Lowe specifically said that you can tell they've run some of these coming out of, of uh, court, like the start of the quarter where kid can really tell them what to do. And so it really makes you wonder whether it is Luca and Kyrie um, because both of them do play a lot of minutes and need to go stand. And I've just, it's been on my mind and I wanted to talk about it. Do you have any thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean it's I mean we've we've been through two coaching staffs. We've been this is now the second attempt with Kyrie uh, to give Luca a proper co-star. The first time was of course Kristaps. And now this is the second time we're talking about why don't these guys run because remember with KP, we were talking about like why don't mm-hmm. these guys run more pick and rolls together? Because every time they do, uh it's it's like an automatic bucket. Uh so this is the second time, like second co-star, second time, second coaching staff, and we're having the same questions. And that leads me to believe that you know, Luca likes to play the way they're playing and yep. no one has been able to push him out of that comfort zone. You know, Rick wasn't able to do it. Uh, you know, KP certainly wasn't able to do it. Maybe Kyrie can do it late, but Kyrie hasn't been on the team long enough, I think to maybe exert will. And I don't know if he's that type of guy in the locker room to do that. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's up to, this is a case where I think it might be up to Luca. Um, Obviously, the coaching staff you wish would be better about it, but like I've given up on the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, it makes like, me think that's that gone. Like yeah. you know, what they're not going to change it. Like they're not going to make a big impact so. with what we've seen from this team. But yeah, I mean, they need to do it more. But I don't know. They needed to do it more when they had KP, and they didn't. And they needed yep. to do it more now. And I, I just don't know. I don't know yep. what's going to make. The, what's going to change? Like, I don't know how that's going to change because we've been through different staffs, different players. So, yeah. Well, okay. That's about all I got. So to close us out here, uh, I want to let people know that we are going to be taking our live show to YouTube directly. Uh, we've been doing it on Spotify live. It all, it'll also be simulcast to Facebook. If you're a person that happens to get things through Facebook, certain people do. I don't really know any of them though. Um, and you'll be able to still join the show. I want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and set alerts. If you are interested in joining our live show, I will tell you my favorite part about doing all of this stuff has been community building. It has been talking to other real fans. It has been getting to know people better. Half of our writers at one point or another were commenters on the site, uh, commenters in our blog and in the live show that come up on stage. Like I can't stress enough how Josh and I are, people we're not you know you actually have a trained media background i do not but we're just fans that really like the game so you guys participating and joining in this sort of thing matters and i just want to encourage you to continue to subscribe and share we're going to be doing things like this testing things out i still can't stress enough that we don't know what we're doing but we're going to have a good time as we're we're figuring it out uh i appreciate some of the feedback i've already gotten josh do you have anything before we go no, it's just we we appreciate the feedback. Um, we appreciate a lot of the kind responses we got when we made the uh, you made the announcement earlier today about going to Blue Wire. Yeah, it's weird um, being in a press release. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen, and that they didn't fun. include you, which annoyed the hell out of me. Well, that's whatever. You uh, like being you like being Batman. <laughs> yeah, so we've just really appreciated it. Um, I think what's been really cool is just we've kind of gone through this transition in a really short amount of time that we weren't prepared for because it kind of got dropped at our feet uh, out of nowhere. And we feel, I don't, you know, nothing's Kirk, you look at the numbers, nothing's really been changing. It feels, you know, everyone, I mean, obviously being able to keep the feed the same and not having to have people resubscribe has helped, but I just appreciate that the fact that we've gone through this transition and you guys have kind of kept right along with us uh, despite any bumps in the road or anything like that. So that's been really fun uh, that we've got a community that, that is that dedicated. I mean, you guys are awesome. So exactly right. Couldn't have phrased it better. All right, guys, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. This has been pod Mavericks after dark. Please subscribe. Please like, please leave comments, do all that wonderful stuff. It's very important. Listen to to the ads. 
Yeah, and listen to the ads. Uh, we'll be doing live reads at some point, but not today. Uh, stay tuned for the live show. You can probably go see the live show on YouTube if you don't want to wait. Uh, for those of you who like for it to show up in your podcast feed, it'll be there early tomorrow afternoon. We will be back the next time the Mavericks play, which I think is against the Miami Heat on uh, Friday. Is, yeah, it's Friday or Saturday. Is that a Saturday game? Ooh. It might be. Yeah, we get two days off and then it's a Saturday game against the Heat, which is fascinating. 6.30 p.m. The Heat are, they need a win. So yeah. we'll maybe we'll do another show tomorrow to talk about a little bit of the, the shuffling in the West and some outcomes we could see. Who knows? Uh, thanks so much for hanging out and we will talk with everyone soon. Go Mavs.